most connected man in Washington, WSB's Jamie Dupree. He's on every day with Herman Cain, 1106 AM every day. Sponsored by Charter Communications on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. We are Shucky Ducky is the man. Oh, Shucky Ducky was a way for me to say I am thrilled to be here. Why not just say that? Herman Cain. Herman Cain. Solutions for a better America. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson filling in for Herman Cain today. The phone number 877-310-2100. If you're on the phones, you can stand by because right now I've got Jamie Dupree with me. Hey, Eric. How you doing, buddy? Good. How are you? Excellent. I just got back from uh, about an hour plus downstairs in the bowels of the Capitol, uh, trolling the halls for GOP lawmakers who were coming out of a a meeting this morning in which they talked about where the road ahead on electing a new speaker. I think it's fair to say that we're probably about where we were uh, with uh, Majority Leader Kevin McCarthy and where we were with Speaker Boehner, mm-hmm. that there's probably about 200 votes for Paul Ryan right now, and that there's about four dozen Republicans, you know, most of them in the Freedom Caucus, sort of the Tea Party wing of the party, the more conservative wing of the party, that are just not sold on Paul Ryan as the next speaker. Uh, in a number of interviews in the hallway, you know, Tea Party lawmaker after Tea Party lawmaker, basically, you know, they weren't rushing to support Ryan at all. They were worried that he doesn't really want the job. They're worried that he's too liberal. They're worried uh, that, uh, you know, he's not going to pursue the reforms that they want. So I don't know where this is going. The speaker today, Speaker Boehner, set next Wednesday, the day of the GOP debate out in Denver, uh, set next Wednesday for the election, the nomination election within the Republican conference. And then next Thursday, so a week from tomorrow, the 29th, would be the election on the floor of the House. I mean, that's the plan right now. Ryan has said if he cannot win the endorsement of all the different groups within the GOP, for those not familiar, they're sort of a a moderate group, a conservative group, a very conservative group. They all would have to come out and publicly say, yes, we're going for Ryan. Obviously, the Freedom Caucus is not there at this point in time. They're still backing Dan Webster of Florida. And Ryan has said if they don't change that and he doesn't have that unity support, then he's not going to run for speaker. And that would throw this thing wide open over just a few days. Now, from what I'm hearing from talking to some of those guys, I've been trading text messages with them for a while. It, it, it seems like they they want to try to come up with a compromise position to be able to support Ryan. The motion to vacate the chair issue is a non-starter with them. Yeah, and uh, uh, Ted Yoho and others said today in the hallway that would be a mistake. For those not familiar, there's this ability within the House rules to offer a privilege resolution that can force a speaker out at any time. And what Ryan simply argues is he doesn't want to be the speaker and then have people People stabbing him in the back at every opportunity. But to limit that, that's a pretty big deal when you talk about uh, limiting that ability, which has always been there. It's just rarely ever been used by House members. Thomas Jefferson's idea. Oh, you know, look, there's. it's not just a something that cropped up in the rules of the House a few weeks ago or something like that. It's always been there. It's just never really, I think it's not been employed since the 1910 revolt against Speaker Cannon, if I remember correctly. So, uh, you know, look, it's, it's a big deal. There might be room for an negotiation. But I also think that the feeling of the Ryan people and sort of the GOP veterans slash establishment, however you want to say it, is they've had it. 
They've yeah. had it with the Freedom Caucus. They've had it with the Tea Party. That they're that the this group keeps saying no to everything, and yet they're not floating anyone that can get elected at this point in time. I think there's real anger at Dan Webster, especially of Florida, uh, because n- no one I've talked to, sort of on the the Paul Ryan side of the equation, can envision Dan Webster getting elected. And so I had several members today say to me who were sort of in the establishment side, "Okay, if you don't like Paul Ryan, then who? Then right. who?" run somebody. And, you know, the Tea Party guys keep saying, well, you know, we don't have the votes to do that. And so I do think, then you're absolutely right. There's a there's a reluctance, and whether it's right or wrong is not the point. There's a reluctance of the House Freedom Caucus to come behind Paul Ryan. But I think if they deep six Ryan or go against him, I do think it's going to spur even more recriminations within the Republican Party up here on the Hill. Yeah, my sense right now is I, I think they'll come up with, they'll be willing to go along with him without vacating the motion to the chair, say, okay, we'll support you, but we're not going to support that um, and, and see. Uh, I suspect that he's probably wooing Jim Jordan right now, the, the head of the House Freedom Caucus. So, you know, jumping away from Paul Ryan, he, on top of this drama, We've got the Benghazi situation that Hillary Clinton coming up to the House of Representatives, and you've got Trey Gowdy this past weekend on um, Face the Nation went out there, was telling everybody they needed to be quiet. In fact, hang on a second. Let me play this for you. If I can. Here we go. I have told my own Republican colleagues and, and friends, shut up talking about things that you don't know anything about. And unless you're on the committee, you have no idea what we've done, why we've done it, and what new facts we have found. And they're going to have Hillary there tomorrow. Yeah, here's the only thing I'm wondering, and for a lot of Republicans who are looking for tomorrow for Hillary Clinton to melt down and to be, uh, you know, convicted, in a sense, in the public square, uh, I, I guess my only warning would be, I've covered this before. You know, I've, uh, Hillary Clinton has already testified about Benghazi two times. And what is new that's going to be there tomorrow that wasn't there before? And are we just going to go through the same kind of arguments as we did before, where Republicans say, well, you were in charge. Why didn't you do anything about these security requests? And then she can honestly look back at them and say, I never heard of the security requests. They went to lower level officials in the State Department, which has been borne out repeatedly. So I'm interested to see what new they have. I have to say, I'm somewhat surprised that there haven't been leaks by the Republicans as to what they've got. And I think Democrats are feeling like that there really isn't anything there. But they've got the chance to lay it out. One fear amongst Republicans, Eric, is this is going to be a repeat of the Planned Parenthood hearings of a couple weeks ago, which got a lot of buildup and then didn't follow through. Right. And, and you know, there is this – I mean, we, you and I both know what's going to happen is the Democrats will rally around the Democrats, sure. the Republicans around their own talking yep. points. And it won't be a fact-finding investigation so much as it'll, it'll come across as partisan. One thing we do have that we've never gotten before, though, is we now do have emails from – from Ambassador Stevens that the prior hearings didn't have. Yeah, and this is really bizarre. This is telling me, people are telling me that no committee ever asked for these emails before. And I have to say, well, why not? Yeah. Why, what what happened here? I mean, we're talking about the Intelligence Committee, the Armed Services Committee, uh, the, the Government Oversight Committee. Why did no one ever ask for his emails? Now, I would think that if there were emails between him and Hillary Clinton, those would have come out already in the right. stuff that's been released uh, you know, the the State Department emails that have been released by Hillary Clinton. 
unless they were deleted, and then that raises a whole other issue. But I'm not sure it ever got to that level. There's never been anything established there. I mean, there was a hearing, I want to say it was about two or three years ago, where I think it was Daryl Issa, the Oversight Committee, brought in, I think it was a woman who was in charge of taking these requests in, and they grilled her to no end about why did you keep rejecting these appeals for more security, and that's where it sort of ended. So I, I don't think that anyone believes there's a smoking gun that you're going to find out that Hillary Clinton herself rejected that or anything. Right. Now, uh, the one thing I wonder about, Eric, and I've, I've said this this week, is most of the American people have not been you know, delving into the minutia of Benghazi in recent months. It's for a lot of people, it's older news, and it's sort of uh, become a more of a buzzword. And are we really in a point where there's going to be something new that will push this forward? Or are we going to spend a lot more time on the email situation involving Hillary Clinton and her server tomorrow or what? You know, they really haven't gotten guidance on that from the from the Benghazi committee. And that, to me, makes me wonder where we're headed tomorrow. Yeah. It, it, Jamie, well, I've got you here, if you don't mind. And, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, uh, but I want to get your take on something because you've been in Washington for a while and you've covered these things. And I've just been noticing is switching over to presidential politics. I when we see these polls. Polls come out lately. Um, the CNN ORC poll, the ABC Washington Post poll, NBC Wall Street Journal, Monmouth. I, I actually went in and pulled out exactly because they say we're pulling a, a thousand for adults or, or what have you. When you actually break out the numbers for Republicans, I mean, take, for example, the CNN ORC poll. It's a national poll shaping who's going to be on the debate stage next week in Boulder. But it's only of 298 registered voters who identify themselves as Republican. Or the ABC poll is 364, or the the Monmouth poll 348. I just I, I I'm I'm Those curious. Are normal numbers, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm curious at your take as a journalist who's done this for a while. Do we really want to be setting standards for who gets on a debate stage based on 348 registered voters who might not have even voted in a Republican primary? Uh, no, I don't think so, and that's why I try not to pay attention to the daily ups and downs, but look more for trends than anything else. On the other hand. What other way is there to figure out who of the top 15 deserves to be up there on the debate stage? My back of the envelope uh, 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 sort of numbers on this is that you will get Rand Paul and, and Chris Christie and John Kasich up on the stage. I think you will have 10 at that CNBC debate yesterday, simply because for Rand Paul, he needs to send CNN a big old uh, bag of flowers because he got a 5% yeah. in that poll, and Chris Christie got a 4 and those numbers help cement the fact that they'll be there. Now, you know, overall, where this race is going... I, I don't I don't have the foggiest right now. I, I do uh, note that Rubio seems to be floating upwards. Yeah, and Fiorina going down. Uh, yes, well, Rubio her, her boomlet seems to be over, and I'm yeah. not saying she's done. Don't get me wrong. Right. But it's just those little up-and-down trends, while obviously Trump and Carson are still at the top. But where do we go from here? You know, the, 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 the debates so far have done well in terms of winnowing the field and knocking a few people out. One would have to think they've, you know, the future debates, you're going to have to put the screws down a little more to make that field a little smaller. Well, yeah, and you know, one thing I've noticed in in the polls, for example, if you look at the ones that actually take, for example, the NBC poll and the Fox poll, they actually looked, or the Monmouth poll, rather, they looked at... Uh, Republican registered voters who have voted in a Republican presidential primary before. And in those polls, the the Trump lead is one to three percent. And in the polls where they just look at registered voters, it's it's five to nine percent. Um, I just I, I think that 
not looking at the likely voters issue in these polls is problematic. Well, and remember, then we'll go through the switch that'll occur in a couple of months where we'll go from li- uh, from registered voters to likely voters, and that'll give us a different mean to look at and everything like that. I, I wish we wouldn't pay as much attention to the polling data, but you and I both know, Eric, yeah. it's a lot more interesting than actually covering the Galdern issues, right? <laughs> yes. So I, I, I spoke to a, a group of journalism students at my alma mater yesterday, and one of the guys raised his hand, and he says, why do we spend so much time on money raised in polling and not on money spent in issues and you You know know, i think we're doing a better job actually in terms of examining how much money certain candidates are spending there's been a lot of uh, reports about how hillary clinton has a very high burn rate and things like that jeb bush too yeah and i think we are doing better but i think people have to understand just how difficult it is to get at that some some of that information and then to figure out what it means and everything because uh the candidates are very good at sort of uh muffling the numbers and making it hard to figure out <laughs> yeah absolutely well you got anything else on the agenda you're looking for this week other than benghazi and paul ryan that's well probably we got to figure out what we're doing on the debt limit there's some rumors we may vote on something as early as friday and that's the big thing that's coming up and uh, it sooner or later it's going to have to be raised now what the republicans can get in exchange for that i don't know it's that same old thing you know they they can get anything almost through the house of representatives they simply cannot muscle anything through the senate last question for you before we get out of here joe biden you think he's getting in I am taking the official position that I am avoiding this story until I hear a, you know, something from it. I mean, legitimately, let's think about it. He has been keeping us sort of on this up and down thing since July. And I, I just still think that the bump in the polls that we have seen from Hillary Clinton from last week's debate, she has bounced uh, up, uh, you know, 10 points in some polls, and Biden has gone down. I think the answer might already be there for Joe Biden. I'm still sticking to my thought that he's not running, but we'll see. Well, as, as a buddy of mine just texted me 49 hours ago, MSNBC said we would have an answer from Joe Biden within 48 hours. <laughs> exactly. And I and let me tell you real quick, as a journalist, I looked at that and I said, I'm not doing that story. I'm not doing that story. <laughs> Jamie Dupree, thank see you so Eric. much as always. Take care.